What up, y'all? Welcome to The Set Break with your hosts, George Slupik, Robert Barnett, and Chad Anderson. Oh, and sometimes special guests. We're three soulful drummers discussing music, soul, and life, and a bunch of other nonsense. So hang with us backstage right here on The Set Break. My thing right now, but my question that took me 15 minutes to get to was, uh, Robert, have you played drums with those sticks yet man i've only played a couple of times and one was the time that i sent you the video where i was doing the the metric modulation stuff i i unfortunately i have not played drums period very much since then okay i I hate to say it but that's all right we need to just get you on your on your kit man we need to get you on your kit you need you need to get there every day for like a minute at least a minute man make a video for us or or really uh, even the, uh, the new setup you're talking about, man, or like, yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it. Send us that video. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I started to say, man, we just need, we just need Robert to be as weird as he wants to be for like a, a maximum of 60 seconds a day. Like this related to drumming. Podcast, man, it's like you and me just like railroading his ass and he's just back there silently sipping on his cocktail, listening to you and me just waxing on about whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, but this new Instagram channel, this I mean, this is going to be <laughs> or even the current one, whatever you want to use, dude. You know what? You know what I need to do is uh, instead of like third uh, hundred days of brushes, is like a hundred days of just creating sounds out of whatever the fuck oh, that I, I hit. Do oh, it. please, do it, yes. man. Yes, Lord. Ah, oh. <laughs> if anybody, oh man, I'm telling you, you better figure out the hashtag for that right now and just start it tonight. Like, just do it. In fact, that's how you do it. You just start. Man, that's how you do it. And you figure out how to you figure out how to do it quietly while Susan is sleeping, which means you got to use some brushes or some some foam pads. I don't you know, I I don't know. No, dude, this you could go outside and uh, man, pull some monk stuff like hit the lamppost and and play the overtones, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? I love that. Absolutely. I I love doing shit like that. I know you do. (laughs) I'm dead serious. (laughs) That's beautiful. Oh man. I was, um, not to segue into off into this thing, man, but I was just going to say that, you know, you were in the, in the kind of vein of gear. Uh, one of the things that I might've brought up in the past episode or certainly with us is, um, a friend of mine was messaging me today. Uh, and I had sort of forgotten that, one of the reasons that I created the actually bef- before Symbolic, but one of the things that made me start Symbolic was, uh, y- you know, the, we're talking about the. Uh oh, is that a growl? Yeah, that's a growl, man. Be- because I said every, gear. <laughs> yeah, it was because you said gear every every time, man. He he. That's uh, super weird. I know it's it's re- it's really a weird thing, and he can't even hear us. I mean, he can hear me, but he can't hear y'all. I got I got earbuds on. Uh, for everybody listening, this is my dog Barksdale. 
he likes to uh, growl at things that he hears, and I gotta. I'm pulling him up to the couch with me now so that I can placate placate him. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, just hold on to him, give him some love. This poor guy, man. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. One of the reasons. Well, you, you said something a minute ago about how you know, like this kind of in, this relationship between. Um, you know, gear isn't always just gear. Gear is, is uh, you know, we talk about how old drums have stories and there's old wood has soul and old symbols mm-hmm. and patina and all that stuff and the sticks and the, you know, and, and how it relates to part of the story and the person, you know, the people that use them. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Alvin Filder, right, is, of course, that's that's a whole thing. But for me... And part of his mentorship, the one of the things that he delivered to me right away was the 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 sound and the kind of the the richness of of old symbols, right? I mean, old drums and and all that stuff. But when I first studied with him, it or met him, hearing those old K's for the first time and actually playing them uh, was just I mean, you know, coming from like, like, I think I had a ping ride, you know, from my teenage years and like, a, <laughs> you know, that was pro- probably weighed like 4,000 grams for a 22. Yeah. <laughs> was, was he like, Hey, uh, uh, Chad, uh, yeah, do me a favor. Uh, I want you to go out in the field and bury that shit and forget where you buried it. And, and if you, if you remember, then don't call me again. Right, right. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's funny, man. I actually took them. Uh, well, the second, the first lesson, uh, I played, he had a 22. Well, he had several Ks, but one of them was a 22 that he got uh, actually weirdly from the Slingerland factory uh, that was there. It was, uh, I don't think they distributed them, but I, that I remember, uh, of course, they were mostly affiliated at that time with Gretsch, but. But he, it was there and it was like against a wall. Anyway, he ended up with that and he used it on a bunch of the records and, and that was kind of his main symbol for a while. But that thing was a beast. And I, I'll never forget um, not only being amazed by the sound of the drums just because they were tuned like unlike anything I'd ever played, but uh, my God, I hit that symbol and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh I don't know how to play this instrument. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I, I've heard records that have that sound on it, and that's where that sound comes from. Mm-mm. I mean, partially, you know. It's really incredible how how uh, how your ears, not just your ears, uh, but but every your whole body, your whole being oh. changes. You know, because I was like you too. I had a ping. I had a twenty-two ping ride. And I thought that that thing was incredible because it was big and loud and had a giant bell. It was like, bang, bang, bang. And so I, I had a 22-inch K. I mean, uh, I'm not KZ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. With, uh, okay. With, with a stupid little shape hammered in them. You know, they had like a <laughs> pen, uh, they had like a star one and they had a uh, <laughs> like a pentagram one. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Which one was supposed to uh, imbue a different sound to it. With the brilliant finish. Yes. Yeah. And Loud it's like, hell. yeah. And it's like each one was a, just a different shade of ass, you know, <laughs> you know, when those symbols, uh, uh, sound really good, I'm not going to lie, man. They sound They're really not good. when you're not playing them. 
<laughs> when uh, uh, when a when a dude in a, in a salsa band, when like a timbali player in a salsa band plays one, and he like goes to that rodsum, goes oh, to that, uh-huh, that, yep. that bell sound. That's when they work really really well. And I'm only saying that because like I had I've demoed them. Uh, a couple of thousand of them. Uh, uh, well, not a couple of thousand, but I, I demoed a lot of them uh, at Memphis Drum Shop. Um, and uh, man, when you get one of those things, and, and, you know, I just like my 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 bones hurt. Like, <laughs> not not just my ears, but like I just I hold the thing and I'm like putting it up on the stand and I'm just looking at it and I don't want to hit it. You know, I'm like, man. How can, what can I do with this thing that's like, you know, because I've been playing these beautiful handmade Istanbul or got for so many years and I have to, you know, demo this thing now. Oh my God. This, this was a long time ago, but man, you know, every single time I would go to the bill, I would like think salsa, you know, or like, like a uh, wawanko or something like that, you know? Like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. like something go 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 there's a, a, I still give my respect list to um, the infamous guys that, that often used the sixties uh, and seventies. Um, what are the sound creation, dark rides of Pisces, you know, the, the oh, yeah. like Blackwell used them in Paul motion. And of course, Al Foster and man, Al Foster, Al Foster. Yeah. Man, but that Joker oh, wow. could play. You know, come on, man. We're talking about people who could play any. You can whatever. You know, put anything in, under their hands, and, and it's gonna. So, but you know, I don't know if y'all played those in particular. I wouldn't definitely would not put them in a category of a of a, a Z. But but they, there there's some heavy ones, man, and it's kind of. Um, they're not as hard to play. It's just it's sort of you, you kind of you really got to figure out how to. <laughs> It's a different approach, man. You got you. It's like, man, I, I can't come at this thing from this from the way I'm used to. You got to no, come at no. it from a different way. Do, uh, uh, um, George, you remember uh, Doug Garrison? Doug Garrison played oh, yeah. Feisty, and I was yeah. kind of tripped out on it because I, I, I used to sit in on his set and I'd get back there and I was like, oh crap, why did I submit myself to do this? Because I can't <laughs> play the symbols. <laughs> but but Doug, but. You know, just certain people have a touch on those things. They figure that shit out, and I, I you know, I can't figure it out. Man, it's so crazy. I, I, I've been in that situation plenty of times where it was like, oh, hey, man, you know, we're going to have you come guest star with this band or whatever, you know, and I go and, and sit in oh on, the, on the guy's kit, you yeah. know. I remember one time I had to sit in on Bobby Previtt's kit, man. You guys hip to Bobby Previtt? Yeah, of oh course. My God, yeah. <clears throat> I bought a right. kit from him one time. Yeah. Man, Bobby, Bobby's a cool motherfucker, man. And and yeah. So Bobby, wait, speaking of speaking of short drummers, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I had to crack, man. I had to crack. I'm gonna I'm tell Bobby you said that, man. He's <laughs> tough. He's tough. He is. He is tough. New Yorker man who whoop your ass. He will. <laughs> yeah, I ain't man, saying that, anything. <laughs> I remember, man. We were we were at uh, we were at this club in New York, in uh, San Francisco. I'm not sure what it's called now, but it used to be called the Independent. 
and uh, uh, it was this, this show with all these bands are playing. And Mofro was playing with Marco Benevento and Joe Russo and uh, this hip hop band. The Coup was there. Uh, Critters Buggin. Uh, uh, Charlie Hunter was there. Man, all these bands. Anyway, I don't well, know. Who, who, who's playing drums with uh, Critters Buggin? Was it? Uh, it was Matt. Was it? It was Matt. Okay. Yeah, uh, Matt Chamberlain. Didn't, didn't uh, Earl play with him for a minute? Uh, Earl. Remember that, remember that that awesome oh, drummer, Earl? Earl, Earl Harvin. Yes, Earl Harvin. That's I right. Know, That's he may have. He may have. But man, Bobby Previtt was was with uh, was with Charlie, and it was just the two of them. And uh, with, there was it was it was for Ropa Dope Records, which doesn't that, exist. That anymore. that record they did together was badass, by the way. Which one? Bobby. Bobby. Bobby oh, I don't remember the name of it, but. Uh, they did a the, bunch of them. Oh my god, the one you I think you gave it to me. Oh, the the uh 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 <clears throat> um anyway, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I am totally drawing a blank right now. Why do we draw blanks when people ask us what the name of shit is? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh I was playing with Mofro and we were doing two nights. Um and it was it was like everybody's gear was up on stage, and Mofro wasn't. We weren't allowed to put any of our gear on stage because so much gear was on stage, and the, the whole idea of the show was to like the first band starts and plays for forty five minutes, but f- uh, when they've got five minutes left, the next band is going to come on stage and join them for their last five minutes, and then and then they're going to leave the stage, and then it's going to be this next band. They're going to play for forty minutes and then when when uh they got five minutes left and the next band is going to come and join them so it was like this just continuous music for like two and a half or three hours right so the first night uh they said you know you could play bobby previtt's kit joe russo's kit or matt chamberlain's kit so the first i was afraid to ask matt chamberlain to play his kit because he had like a 1950s leady kit with a 24 bass drum and i was like oh god that just looks too big but bobby previtt had this nice little 18 12 14 i was like oh i want to play bobby previtt's kit and they're like cool you can play bobby previtt's kit the first night so mofro's up right and i sit down to the kit and i go to hit the rod cymbal and it's like have you ever taken have you ever had your drumsticks in your hand outside and like set set like uh bent down on the concrete <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you <laughs> played, yeah. the, played the sidewalk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is what this symbol felt like, dudes. So my, I, I hit it, and my entire arm started vibrating up to my neck and then my head. It was like, I was like, oh my goodness, how in the hell am I going to get through this set? Because he just had one symbol on there. It was this one rod symbol and a pair of hats, uh, 18 bass drum, 12 rack, 14 floor. And I had to play the set. The hi-hats were okay. You know, they were kind of heavy too. Uh, uh, the, the drums themselves were, was, that was enough of a battle. But Mofro, man, we had a lot of groovy R&B style stuff where I was on the rod symbol a lot, man. So I had to play this rod symbol for 45 minutes, man. And by the end of the set, I was like, I'm not playing Bobby Previtt's kit tomorrow night you know and then the next night i played matt chambers kit and i brought my own symbols they let me do that you know um 
which 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 was cool, and that that was a whole other story. But 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 what was really funny is Bobby Previtt and Charlie Hunter came on right after Mofro, and I stood out in the crowd right next to Bobby Previtt, and I watched him play that cymbal, and he made some of the most beautiful music with that damn thing, man. And I was like, okay, man, it's it's really it, it, it's really like an individual thing, you know. Man, let me ask you a question real quick. This is totally – I agree. I want to ask you this though, and you probably will not remember because it's been too long. But his kit that you played at that event, Bobby's that is. Um, it was either an 18 or a 20. It could have been a 20. Well, Okay. Because if it was a twelve, I, I was just interested if it just if you happen to remember a couple of features, like what was the finish? Was it like natural, kind of a natural wood finish? No, it was darker. Okay, it All was right. a dark colored DW kit. Oh, okay, I never think. mind. All right, cool. Because because I, I bought a I bought a set of sonar drums off of him. Um, but it was one of those kits that they made in the nineties, um, that I forget the series, uh, and, but they were, they weren't, they, they were kind of a budget series, but they made them in, I mean, they were actually not bad. I think they were just imports, you know, but they were, they were not as cheap as imports kind of things are now, but they were, uh, God, I can't think of that. They were like, what were those things? Force customs. Anyway. I, but What's I, your point? My point is I bought those off of him, and mm. I just wondered if they were the same, but I used them for uh, people here. That's what I used on that record. Oh, oh, oh. those drums sound incredible. You sound amazing on that record, man. I, I still, you know, I, oh, man. I've, told, I've told you a dozen times, man. I used to, I, uh, uh, before I sold my car, I had uh, I had that record in in my car when, when you could listen to cds in a car that was back yeah. in the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why i have 700 copies of it still sitting on my shelf <laughs> in a format might as well be eight tracks <laughs> just gotta wait another about 50 years and cds will come back in and i'll be i'll finally get it paid for that'd be great god <laughs> I, I i don't think cds are gonna come back in don't say that dude i got Okay. <laughs> well, hell, fucking cassettes are coming back, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Nothing yeah. like the hiss, man. <laughs> man, I know a guy that's got a record store in Los Angeles, man. Uh, and he, just a few years ago when I was still living there, man, he told me one day, man, he had just like a wall full of cassettes man hundreds maybe thousands of cassettes and i was like dude why do you have all these cassettes in here he goes man this is at least 30 to 35 percent of my business right here yeah like you got to be kidding me man nope. and while i was standing there talking to him like djs and shit were coming in grabbing like five ten <laughs> you know and like five bucks a pop you know right they're just flying off the shelves man it's, it was really crazy Really, really crazy. Man, Some of them jokers are super expensive, man. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I have a, a brand new unopened box of Maxwell. Uh, no, no, not not Maxwell. Maxell XL two Maxell. tapes. Nine <laughs> minutes. Yes. 
90. Brand new, unopened. Brand, from, brand new, unopened. From the nineties. Yep. Or the eighties. Uh, from ooh, you know what? They are from. Let me hold, let me think about this. Late eighties. Oh yeah. Late eighties. And you know, I, I hate to admit this because you know, maybe it, maybe there's some sort of statute that that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that the way that these were procured is no longer illegal. But my, my friend Sid Selvage went to a college at Tulane. I'm, he, I'm glad you said Sid's whole name. He, That's good. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, he, he, he used to go back. He used to go to the uh, bookstore at Tulane with a trench coat on, and he would he would stuff the inside pockets full of Maxwell <laughs> box, and so. Probably like probably like five six years ago for I think my birthday or something he he busted one of those things out that he's been saving he gave it to me. That's incredible. That is awesome, man. <laughs> Big ups to <laughs> Big ups to Hey, you know, man, I don't. I, I, I'm, I made that name up, by the way. Right, <laughs> we don't know who you're talking name about. It's not really. <laughs> right, right, no, no, for sure. Uh, man, I. Are those tapes going to be any good anymore? I probably not. Who knows, man? Because uh, magnetic tape has a has it's a shelf shelf life. Right, they're probably no good, but usually man, in about thirty years because the sure look cool. The black and gold man is the the, uh, the, the black and gold. That black and gold dude. Yeah, I'm t- man. There was something like I remember going to like man like Walmart or somewhere, you know, and getting like. Like a like a two pack, you know, but you'd get like two two packs and 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 you get home, man, you have the gold uh package, you crack that sucker open, man, you have that crisp brand new tape. Um mm. and you're gonna rock it in and do some double cassette action. I mean legally, you know, I'm ain't saying that. And um <laughs> but but I mean, you know, uh but the thing was, man, it was like nothing worse. Then putting that sucker in and you look and you're like, what? 60 minutes? No, I got the 90 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally what, happened to me. Oh, my God. What sucked even worse, man, is when you're like trying to dub, you know, <laughs> yes, I, yep. I some know. vinyl onto the damn cassette. And you're all excited, you know, to put your Miles Davis on your cassette so you can play it in your car. And, you know, you drop the needle on the record, man. And five minutes in, it should start skipping because you didn't want your record out. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, man. Yeah. 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 There's so many things wrong. <laughs> I mean, but it was a it's. I don't know, man. It was portable. And then also, um, you know, it's kind of cool, too, to be able to, you know, especially in the 80s. Um, and, you know, you go through so much. I, at least I did. I, I used to go through so much just absolute hell trying to, like, get a buddy or somebody's brother to let me borrow, like, that record or that thing. You know, and I'd, I'd be like, okay, all right, finally get my hands on it. And it'd be like all right, I got like 20 minutes, man. I got to get this thing copied, <laughs> right? I got to get a, I got to burn this to tape quick. Cause he's going to beat me up if he finds out I have this, <laughs> you know what, man? I remember I'd be on my bike, dude. I'd have like a coat and my, like my, my BMX or whatever. And I have my, no, I had a Raleigh, man. I had no BMX. And, Ooh, and, Raleigh. Yeah, man. Raleigh Rampart. 
and and I had <clears throat> I had that's, um, that's some high stepping right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't play, and so yeah, man. You know, you get home and do the thing, and that's when you'd find out you had a sixty instead of a ninety, and be like, <laughs> "Damn, I can't even put the whole thing on here." You know, but it didn't matter. You just get what you want, and then <laughs> and then then ride as fast as you can. You know, and the, and the street lamps are about to come on. You know, so you're going to be in trouble because it's getting dark. But you know, if you just go as fast as you can, you could get back and just like throw the record up in the yard, man. Just whatever it takes, and then get back home real quick, and then spend stay up real late and listen to. Oh, oh, and and look, man. You know, another thing, I can't be the only one that used to just record the crap out of radio stuff. I mean, like. Shows would come on, you know, and I'm like, oh, I got to get that. 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 Oh, I, still, I still have tapes of doing stuff like that. Man. Yeah, for sure. All right, good. Man, I used to I used to put my tape recorder, my handheld tape recorder. Oh, yeah. One of them like, you know, them like rectangled junk jokers and uh, for, for realistic. Realistic, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. Word up yeah, to realistic. Realistic. <laughs> and I'd have my Maxell tape. <laughs> And and uh and and uh I would record Star Trek episodes. Oh yeah, I, I did that too. I did that with uh, Outer Outer Limits and Twilight Zone, and I would take man. that to school and listen to it. Man, that's so cool, man. And that, you know what? Man, I, I I would watch the entire episode, and then I would have it on cassette tape. So then at night when I went to bed after everybody went to sleep. I would, you know, put the covers over my head and I put the I put the tape recorder real, you know, real, real quiet. And I would listen to that whole episode again. <laughs> yes. Oh, nah, man, that's that's just that's that's weird, man. Y'all are weird. Y'all are weird. No, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you. I'll tell you some, some other illegal all that. stuff that went down. I snuck a, a tape deck into when the Muppet movie first came out. I snuck a tape recorder into that. I recorded the whole thing on cassette, man. And I used I used to carry that thing around and listen to the Muppet movie audio only all the time. Oh my God, you have you have reached another uh, another as usual flat, plateau of nerddom. That is <laughs> fantastic, Robert. The Muppet movie. Yep. Audio. Pirate <laughs> set, man. If you were able to find that shit, uh, exactly, <laughs> you probably couldn't play it. Right. <laughs> it probably is ruined, man. It's it's runt. It's totally runt. Oh, you know what? Here's uh, another thing too, man. This is what I hate. I tried to. Um, I found a VCR. I should just stop there. I don't. I could, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what I'm about to say. I. I had found so, so, um, I have all these videos uh, on different formats of um, of of uh, Fielder and Kid Jordan and a bunch of just because they they let me film them a lot. And, oh wow, yeah. And um, there was this one video down at you remember? Uh, I, I guess they're still there, but Louisiana Music Factory, of course, right down in New Orleans. Yeah, they moved, but yeah, they're still there for sure. Yeah, okay. Well, when they were, I don't I forgot where the. Uh, down in the court, I guess it was in the quarter, but they, they used to have that, there was a stage in there and, and they, yeah, you, you I know, I'm on that stage. of course. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. So imagine on that little crappy piano, there was Joel Futterman 
who oh my gosh who there were keys literally flying off of that piano <laughs> uh and kid, and kid jordan and, 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 al? and al in that little space wow man and fred anderson was in the audience when he was still wow. alive and all these i think uh that was the t- that was when um Maybe Oliver Lake was there. I can't remember, but they. I bet Harold Batiste was there. Met probably at that time, because this was. Oh yeah. This was. Uh, this has been years ago, but, but I, I had a my friend and I had gotten a grant. I was an undergrad student at that time, but but um, he was a uh, an adjunct professor, and had gotten a grant, and we were trying to document. We we did some interviews with with Kid and Al, and I think um, I'm reconnecting to try to get that stuff, you know, because. Uh, it's on weird formats and we're trying to, of course, now it's like, okay, we've got to do, we got to unearth this stuff. But man, he had this, I, I had taken this footage of him. My, my point of my story is it's on VHS and I tried to play it the other day and it almost ate the tape, you know, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm, <laughs> I got to find like somebody who can do this right. But um, that one, unfortunately was on VHS, but man, I was right at the drums and it was one of those concerts where they started because like somebody like Joel heard somebody say something and he played those notes on the piano and the kid starts railing on top of that. Al hadn't even set the drums up yet. And so he does that thing where he like sets up part of the kit and starts playing with them, like just on the bass drum, you know, and then he'd like reach over and get the stand, you know, and just like <laughs> play and build. And man, it's so intense. By the time he finally gets that last thing set up and just starts roaring, it's, it is like, it, wow. it's, it's like church, you man. That on video? I got that from from right under his ride symbol. The the whole thing. Holy shit, man, man! I I need to see that. I got a bunch of that kind of stuff, man. Yep, 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 yep. Um, hey, man. So why don't we 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 should just go ahead and address the elephant in the room? Our, our dear beloved brother Alvin Fielder has passed on. Yep. <clears throat> Made his transition uh, yesterday. The uh, let's see, January. Just for the record, uh, what was yesterday? The fifth. The fifth. Um, yesterday evening at seven forty-seven p.m. Yes. Uh, yeah. He he had. You know this. This man is has been through so many health issues over the years. Um, it's it's quite fascinating, really. Uh, I, and I'm saying that not in a disrespectful way. I, I, I know him very well. Um, and we even would joke about it, how many lives he had, because he had been through several strokes. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a, uh, an episode about 10 years ago that had him at uh, in hospice care with a few days to live. He pulled through of that. We did concerts for him and all kinds of stuff, man. And um, he came on back from that and... When he came back from that, that was just well. He flatlined just, twice. He literally in in the hospital had had by law had died. They brought him back, and um, that's incredible. Yeah, man. And there's nothing that can be said for that except for just the 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 will yep. to live. Absolutely, man. He's stu- mm. and, and he, if knowing Al, I mean, he's he's a stubborn dude. But yeah, but, but he was he, not ready to go, man. No. And, you know, um, a good friend of his uh, by the name of John Reese, who had passed away, He John Reese started the Black Arts Music Society down in Mississippi 
Um, he was lived out in Los Angeles. I think Elvin was his roommate for a while. Uh, he, he knew John Coltrane and, and, uh, was on that level. He wasn't, he, he didn't play that I know of, but he, um, he, he was absolutely, uh, I'll respectfully state he was one of the cats. I mean, there was no doubt. Um, and highly respected by, uh, in fact, he brought friends of his to Mississippi to play like, um, Freddie Red and Dexter Gordon, Woody Shaw, mm. um, you know, uh, F- Freddie Waits, of course, is from Jackson, Mississippi. But anyway, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Wow. Originally. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, he, he moved, but, but so, uh, but Alvin, um, he, jo- well, John had, was a person in Al's life who, of course, they were great friends, but but um, <clears throat> John had been terminally ill for some time, and uh, the doctors gave him a limited time to to live. This was years and years and years ago, and I think he uh, got up. The story goes he got out of the bed uh, one day. Alvin, I think, was up at the hospital visiting him or something like that. I don't want to mistell the story, but 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 uh-huh. Mr. Reese got up and said, "You know what? Later for this hospital." He unplugged himself, said, let's go to the house. That's where my records are. That's where the music is. And that's what I'm about to go do. And he put on his hat and went home and lived another 25 years after that, you know? Mm. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, you're talking about people with, uh, um, these were the no compromise. That's what Al always said. Uh, you know, there's no compromise with the music And, and the music was a life force for him. So, um, and I, I think, uh, without much, you know, hours and hours of long stories about him, I can say with confidence that the one thing that, that I learned to feel that dramatically changed my life, uh, immediately when I met him was, uh, the sense of, of urgency that the, that the music has. And I didn't know that it came from, that kind of spirit and that kind of outlook and that kind of, uh, um, sort of that essence. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, and, 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 and it wasn't just Al, but Al was a unique guy, man. I mean, you know, anyone who's ever known him, uh, certainly his, his understanding and his knowledge about, uh, this, this music so-called jazz, right. Um, not, not only his contributions to it, but his, knowledge of it was such that even uh, a lot of the greats that we can name would even say about Alvin, like, Oh yeah, well, Fielder, knows, Fielder knows more about me than I do, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, that's true. It's, it's really true. Uh, but he was a fascinating man. And I, I, I am fortunate to have become close enough that I was able to, uh, meet his father. His brother was the great William Fielder, prof, uh, they called him. He taught it, uh, uh, started that Rutgers jazz program and uh, taught a lot of names. It was all, in fact, actually, uh, William Fielder, just for some historical reference for anybody who, who would care out there, is uh, he was, he taught a lot of trumpet players, worked with them like, uh, of course, Wynton Marsalis and Terrence Blanchard, I believe, and, and a number of others, all the way to, to contemporary players like um, Sean Jones, these guys. But but he, 
he was, I believe, the same age or close to the same age as Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan. And uh, and I believe Booker Little, they used to all practice together. Wow. And a little side note that I've always found quite interesting is, is that, um, you know, anybody who follows Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lee Morgan was the trumpet player in that group at the point that Lee was going to leave, uh, he recommended this other trumpet player to take his place by the name of William Fielder. Wow. William Fielder uh, was teaching at the time because uh, his he, he was a great educator as well and uh, for for a number of reasons chose to continue down that path. And so uh, the recommendation moved on from him to this guy named Freddie Hubbard. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And so wow. and it's, it's actually, I believe, mentioned in a, one of the Lee Morgan books, you know, as y'all can fact check if you want to get into that. But but um. Yeah, man. So the Fielder family is a very interesting one, and and uh, unfortunately not not as well known as certain names. You know, certainly Al. Al played with Sun Ra. Uh, I mean, there's a whole long, but I've you know listening to tapes of him with people like Sam Rivers, uh, Don Pullen, even. Um, mm, wow. You know, uh, certainly the the groups that he was most affiliated with, like with uh, the Improvisational Arts Quartet and Quintet with Kid Jordan mm-hmm. and. Um, Clyde Kerr, the late Clyde Kerr Jr. and uh, all those guys. I could go on and on and on, but yeah, it, it's very sad, man. You know, I, I, it's, I, I, man, you know, it's just, just sad. It's hard to lose someone. He was a second father to me, um, and and I mean, you know, I, I told him that, and and he. Uh, he certainly taught me. In fact, the last time I saw him, he's, um, he, you know. It's funny. There was a point where he was like, I can't give you lessons anymore, man. You know, we just, you're, you're my, you're my little brother, you know, like we don't, we don't do that anymore. But still the last time I saw him, man, the very last time, which was last, um, last March was the last time I saw him in person. And he, he used to always, when, when, when he would perform or, or play at a gig, he would always make me if I was there, he would ask me to, when he set his drums up on the stage, he would get me to sit at the drums and just play them because he wanted to walk around the room and hear the sound of the drums. <laughs> so, um, so let that be a lesson to you, right? Like that's a, that's, that might be an old school thing, but that's a real hip thing to do because you can really hear what the drums are going to sound like. And, um, and it was much, you know, I was young. So it was sort of like, Oh my God, I get to go play Alice drums, you know, and I'm going to play all this stuff, you know? And, and he would, when I was younger, that was how I felt. But anyway, it was funny because all these years later, last March, when he was just at a rehearsal and I, we happened to be in town at the same time, which is crazy in Memphis. It was the weirdest thing. We just sort of con- uh, converged and um, I only had a few minutes with him, but he was setting up the drums and I sat down. He said, Hey man, sit down and uh, just, just, just play a little bit. Let me, let me, let me hear the drums. I said, okay, cool. You know? And so you I got to get in his voice, man. Cause you do his accent so well. I'll get in there in a minute. I'll get in there in a minute, man. But, but, <laughs> but he, you know, I, 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 I chat. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I sit, uh, can you sit down and play? Uh, just, just, uh, just, just something with brushes. Just, uh, and, uh, and, and then, just uh, some a little bit of sticks. So 
I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I said, all right, cool, that's man. Beautiful. Cool. That's beautiful. That's cool. So, that beautiful. and you know, and he was very, um, you know, it wasn't funny, you know, to him. I mean, he, that's, he, he, he was very um, specific about things, you know, very, very intentional, very specific about things. And he, uh, and so I remember I sat down, I played a little bit and, and I loved it, man, because he, you know, he, he, he walked around different spots and, and just like old times, but he said, uh, play, play the bass drum just a little softer. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I could. Sounds like a drum lesson. <laughs> it happened to be my last lesson, man. <laughs> oh man. You know, but it was cool. Wow. It was cool because That's so beautiful. It reminded mm-hmm. me because he, he, you know, I always have had a heavy foot, <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh and I, I play differently than than Al uh of course. I'm a different person, but but um you know I'm glad you know, I man, I, I was just thinking back today over all of the sadness and everything. I really, really have been thinking back and watching, you know, all these people posting all these things about their times and their stories hanging out with Al and he touched so many people's lives because he was just a a giving, amazing dude and and, and you know, tough, man. It's kinda tough too at the same time, but I, y'all, I sat in his drum room as did many others, but, but I spent a lot of time, not for lessons, but like when I would go down and we would, he would always be like, yeah, man, they got some ties on sale down at the Woolworth. Let's go down there and check those ties out, you know, and he want to go shopping and, and we would, we would. That's amazing. No, it's awesome. You know, that I was like, so oh, this is what the music is right here, man. He, we get, I remember we went down one time. Yes, yes, yes. And he goes, uh, <clears throat> he literally, there was a sale on ties. He's, oh God. Say, say man, uh, uh, dig, dig, dig this. Dig, oh God, look at this. Silk. You dig, you know, and he would hand it to. What do you, think? what do, you, what do you think about this one? Uh, oh my God! Listen, man, this is three dollars. Uh, that is so uh, great, uh, man. man have that experience. Was it? Uh, he was a pharmacist for he was for a long part of his life too, right? Was uh, he wear? Yeah. Was he wear ties at at, at, at the pharmacy? <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, so Al, it, was, it was like his family's, right? Well, take over from his. His father. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. His father, uh, if I'm not mistaken, may have had one of the first uh, black-owned businesses in, especially, I know in Meridian, Mississippi, where he's from, I believe, if, if not, I don't know about the state, but I don't want to get my facts wrong out of respect, but um, uh, his father was an amazing man, absolutely amazing man. I met him when he was, I think, 98 or 97. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, I sure did. And that's a whole other, but, but Al continued that he, he was a pharmacist and, and was in school for that at a pretty early age, actually a, a quite young age and was also playing music at the same time. I don't, I don't know that his dad liked that too much, but, but that was a lot of the time that he, uh, you know, learned a lot from, guys and with guys like ed blackwell mm. uh you'll hear him mention uh, clarence johnston um and and a number of other drummers i could i could go into but but um 
GT Hogan, uh, that's another name that came up a lot when we would talk to, and not a lot of people know about GT Hogan, but but that's a he's a Texas drummer who was really amazing. But we, we'll we'll talk about that some other episode. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he was a pharmacist and and by trade, and it was interesting because um, he had a number of shops. He here's what's really weird. I, I grew up in Starkville, Mississippi, and Alvin had a pharmacy. He had several stores under his name, and. Uh, he was based out of Jackson, Mississippi, but he had a store there and he also had a store in Starkville. Now, check this out. He had that store. I've forgotten when he closed it down. And the reason he closed it was because he was driving back and forth uh, three hours every day from one store to the other every day wow. for years. Uh, and it, wow. it, it the part of that's what gave him he had a stroke and he closed down that store after that. But that store in Starkville, I didn't know Alvin. Those those years, he literally had a store about maybe, I don't know, say four blocks from where I grew up. That's amazing. And I never knew that man until years after he had closed it. You know, it just shows you it's weird how life does these weird connections. I guess when it's time, it's time. But um, anyway, but it was funny, man, because, you know, Al, uh, one of the things that was always interesting about him uh, on gigs, even if you look at Google and you look him up, a lot of times you'll see pictures of him with a, sometimes you'll have a t-shirt on, you know, in his cap when he's playing. But most of the time, uh, when I was around him, and certainly in the earlier period of time, I knew him, he'd go to a gig. He would have on, uh, always have on a tie, some kind of hip tie, very nice shirt and nice slacks. And, uh, these leather shoes that he used to roll up, and put in his uh, hardware bag because they were comfortable and he'd spend an hour telling you about them, you know, cause uh, oh, oh, I, I say, man, check these out. He'd hand them to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay, cool, man. No, no, I'll put them on. I'm like, no, we're, we're, we're good, man. We're good. No, check them out. But anyway, they uh, very comfortable and they were, they were, but he, um, you know, he was always about like, uh, that presentation, you know, you, 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 you approach the music with that kind of respect. Uh, and, and, uh, that was just something about it, but yeah, man, he would, he would sometimes, you know, I, you go to the store and he'd have on the, um, full white coat, you know, back there with his glasses on his tie, he'd have the, the pharmacy coat on pharmacist mm-hmm. coat. And I remember I used to sneak, I used to skip classes in school and, uh, you know, y'all don't do that, folks. But I used to do that and, and drive down. I'd get in the car and I'd be like, man, I'm not even going to call out, you know, because I kind of get scared sometimes, man. So I'm like, I know he'll be at the store. I'm just going to go down and just surprise him, man. I'm going to go in. And I'd walk in the door and I would, I, I, you know, like I wouldn't like wave at him or anything. I would just, there'd be a line of people and, you know, pharmacies, right? There's always the waiting chairs and all, everybody's sick. Everybody's sitting around and mad and pissed off. Mm-hmm. Everybody's waiting all day, tired. And then they're waiting on their prescriptions to be filled and this and that. And it's in a store like a Fred's was at that time, a Fred's pharmacy, man. And the people are just tripping in there, man. So I, I, you know, it was always like a weird scene. And so I walk in (laughs) and man, it'd be like 12 people in line. And Al is on the phone and he's, he's, you know, I don't know who he's talking to. He's on the phone He's like checking people out. He's answering questions. He's doing 12 things at once, looking over his glasses, you know. And he would look at, I remember walking in and he would look out and see me way down at the end of the line, like hanging off to the side. 
and he would kind of do a double take. And and yeah, he would say, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, just uh, uh, one minute, please. One minute. And he uh, on the phone and he, he would like hang the phone up and he would look over his glasses. Uh, uh, Chad Anderson. And I, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say, all right, man. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, uh, just, 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 just a minute. And he would take his coat. He like people. He's all right. So people are at the register. He would take his coat off, hang it up on the little uh, rack by the door, and come out from behind the little glass, you know, <laughs> and come open the door, come around for a bit, leave those folks in line standing there, and come around, give me a hug. I, 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 I sit down, man. Let's let's have a talk. And we'd sit down. I say, man, you got customers. <laughs> uh huh. Uh. Hey man, <laughs> uh, say I, I I just got off the you know who I got I just got off the phone with and it'd be always be some you know one of his compatriots in the music I don't want to say names man but you know it'd be someone somebody, that you know be like oh my god wow yeah yeah right right yeah and then it'd be like uh, 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 how long are you in town I said well, man I you know I just came down to just say hello you you draw uh, how, uh, uh Okay, uh, just just a minute. Uh, uh, do you have about twenty minutes? I'd say, yeah, man. Oh, okay. And he'd get back up. <clears throat> uh, just, just uh, uh, excuse me, just one minute. And he'd go back around, put his coat back on, and go to the counter, run those people through the line, call in somebody. They'd come in from wherever. Take his coat off, sign some papers, come out. Uh have you seen the new Batman movie? <laughs> <laughs> I was or, not or, expecting or, or, that. That or, was not. That's so fucking good. Damn. That's amazing. Or, or whatever, you know, whatever Damn. film, man. Whatever, you know. Is, uh, let, 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 uh, uh, let, let, let's get let, let's go check that film out, man. Let, you know, we'd go do we go eat something, you know, and then. But see, we never go to the movie, man. We'd always end up like checking out the ties at wherever or the shirts on sale or something. And then we'd go back to his house and watch, uh, you know, we'd, we'd listen to records or watch footage, you know, that someone has sent him from one of his concerts. Or Man, wow. it just didn't matter, man. It was just hours. And, you know, you can ask anybody, anybody who's who's known him enough to to be in the orbit. If you if you go down and visit Al, it's going to be an all day. If you start at 10 a.m., you're already too late because it's going to be at least 10 p.m. before you leave. Uh, and that was great because you and it was too soon. It was too soon. I could remember standing in his doorway in his drum room, man, and he would be showing me stuff like uh, something that he had in his head, some idea that was from either something he was working on or something that he was pulling from something or showing me like so-and-so used to do this, you know, and he would play this uh, pattern or this type of thing and then just play, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you get into it and you just kind of work it out you kind of get in your, in the zone and he would just go man for 30 minutes. And I've been every, and I remember I'd be like, God, it's midnight. I got a three hour drive home, <laughs> you know, and I kind of, you know, you kind of get that sort of, um, you just know. I mean, I mean, this has been years ago, guys. But even then, it's sort of like I know I I gotta I gotta get all of this. Like I gotta get I gotta stay, man. Like I gotta get it all. And yeah. And it just I'm glad I did. But man, you know, you'd be like, oh god. 
driving home, <laughs> you'd be so, so high off the experience, but, but, um, you know, mind blown and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I'm going to say this, man, thank you for letting me talk about him, but, but I, and I could go on and on, but one thing yeah, absolutely. that I, I loved about him and, and the time with him and especially in his drum room, uh, and, and some other time I'll talk about the things that he, that he, uh, had in there that were more than just drum equipment. <laughs> Uh, there, there's some, there's some historical things that, that I, I hope to try to find a help find a place for, but he, um, you know, it, it wasn't, it started <clears throat> off as drum lessons and I have those sheets, but it just became these long conversations and it became these private, uh, you know, I, I think some other people have had these experiences and I, anyone who's ever hears this one day who knew him might say, yeah, yeah, I did that too. But I don't know how many people did it. it it's just we sat in that space for so many hours and mm -hmm. I just sat there watching him go around those drums and, and play things. And sometimes I would play, sometimes he want me to play or he would try – uh, what tricks you got any tricks you know whatever it was but um anyway man you know i could go on and on and on but but uh it's 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 uh, there was never enough time you know that's the only thing i can yeah. say it's like eight yeah. and 12 hours wasn't long enough you know just never enough time <clears throat> it's beautiful though that you had uh, so many years uh, of hanging with him you know i never got to meet him and I just talked yeah, to him. Either. I just talked to him on the phone that one time because you know I was in Jackson, Mississippi, and I was like, "Man, I bet you know." I, I think I told the story in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, know? for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it, and it was just like one of those in, in, incredible things. You know, since since this is the beauty about this podcast, man, is that you know, I mean, this this shit is just like a continuation of the conversation that the three of us have been having. For years and years and years, but like talk about the splintering and the passing on. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I was talking about Fielder in the last in the or we were talking about Fielder in the last last episode. Um, I've been receiving all kinds of messages from people who are now uh, listening to music a lot differently. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I know. See drummer, drummer friends of mine, you know, they're just like, Hey man, you know, driving home today, man. And I got this, I got this record, man. And I'm just going to check out, uh, I'm just going to check out each individual player, you know, uh, one by one uh, for each track multiple times. I'm just like, yeah, man. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, everyone can thank um, Alvin Filter for that one. Uh, I mean, certainly other people, but he definitely, any of us who went through that orbit at all, that, that was certainly one of his baseline, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't even a rule. It was just a, a, it was like a, it's just what you do. That's, that's how it's necessary yeah. to do that in order to really, you know, and, and the next level to that, I'll just go on and put this out there. The next level to that was to, to blend. Well, that, but, but oh, even, even beyond that was to look at, at uh, regardless, and, and you can, you can overlay this again. This is a filter for, for any, any, anything like it can be something that was made last week. It doesn't matter, but to look at when it was made, what was the date? Oh yes. Yes. And then yes. you'd be like, who's on it? 
you know, and of course the who's on it thing is what we all know. Cause we can look at other records and go, I like that drummer. I like this guy, I like mm-hmm. that, or whatever. Okay. We know that, but he would say, okay, then look at the date though. And then look at what, what, what date was that? Uh, and then what was going on in the world at that point? Yeah. yeah. And so, and he would always say things like, we, whether I was talking, you could mention a drummer, you could mention a situation, a record, you could mention um, an incident, you could mention a certain book, you could mention just about anything. And he would always say this. He always say he'd always start the sentence about, "Well, you must remember." And I always loved that he would start like that because he would always. It was basically he would always say like, "You have to put it in context. Like you can't mm-hmm. just look at it like." Well, this is this is nice. This is something interesting. No, man, there's there is a very very intense reason that that stuff came together like that. You know, yes. even if it was mm. even if it was kind of whimsical, like even if it was a session that was kind of put together. Still, though, it still made you look at things in a bigger way. You know, and and think more globally than just kind of you inside of your headphones. Right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's some real deep, heavy stuff, but beautiful, beautiful, wonderful lessons, man. God, Al, may you rest in peace, brother. For sure. For sure. Man, I was funny that you were talking about the Joel Futterman and and having seen those guys because I listened to that, uh, Southern extreme record today. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God, it's so beautiful, man. Oh my God. His, His drumming was just, uh, God, man, I, I don't know. How would you de- how would you describe him as a player, Chad? Well, he was, you know, his foundation. Um, you know, again, to put terms on things because it's the way that that it's an easier way to associate with kind of give perspective, right? So, so he didn't like the term jazz, but we'll we'll use that because a lot of our listeners will will that's that's the beginning context. So, sure. Um, because of, he was born in 35, uh, this is someone who did get to see and witness Max Roach and Charlie Parker and, 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 and Dizzy and those guys play together, like for real, you know what I mean? Right. All, all the way right. up. <clears throat> but, and so, so Bebop, you know, his love, man, when, when we talked 90% of the time, it was, it was Bebop related, like from an era specific type of thing, which is interesting mm-hmm. because when, when I first met him, and I, I immediately heard his music and the music that he was associated with. I had not really heard that type of music before, which was what some people call free jazz or, or the avant-garde or, you know, uh, definitely stemming off of Ornette Coleman and the late uh, John Coltrane uh, periods and all that kind of thing. But uh, what, I, what I later figured out was even though it was improvisational playing and improvisational music. Uh, if you really know bebop and you know where Al was coming from, you can go listen to his farthest out material, right? Like with, with, um, with kid Jordan and, and Joel Futterman and that group and those guys. And while it's all spontaneous improvisation, if you really, really, really focus on what he's playing, he is, he always said, I like to play my, uh, my bebop loose and my, my, I believe that's right. He said, yeah, my, I play bebop loose and my, uh, free music, uh, tight. That's not how he phrased it, but it was kind of that idea. So when you listen to it, he's playing like, uh, 
bebop phrases all behind kid you know yes you know you know what i'm saying like you you yeah. can hear those little things those figures right and he's flipping them and twisting them around and sometimes he's playing time behind him you know um and and I so picked up on all of that today yeah you, I, I mean for the it. first time and I, and I really i really just like focused on 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 what he was doing and uh god it was just it's magnificent yeah so i mean it's hard to describe it's just it it stems from that and his concept was really bringing a lot of that vocabulary to that music and not letting go of it but just flipping it another way uh he <clears throat> he um when he played there's not a whole lot out there of him in a lot of straight ahead context right and i was fortunate to hear him in a lot of those contexts just even in in closed spaces you know with small groups of, of tremendously heavy people but his swing uh playing quote-unquote straight ahead uh, uh music he uh, was so loose and so uh it really you know something definitely he was influenced by uh well he was friends with all the guys i can name like he and elvin used to practice together uh, uh billy higgins and blackwell and him also practiced together and he learned a lot from 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 those guys too but uh his his sound and kind of his his touch is sort of this um i always kind of put him in between like this billy higgins and elvin combination uh and and if you think about the people in Chicago, because he spent so many years, Chicago was a huge part of his, uh, uh, his musical heritage and, and legacy, particularly with the formation of the, the, uh, double ACM with Roscoe Mitchell and, and, and all those guys. But, uh, you know, Wilbur Campbell was an influence for him. Uh, and if anybody's ever, if you're not hip to Wilbur Campbell as a Chicago drummer is not, not living anymore, but, there's a little footage out there of him. It's hard to find, but in a few records, but he, uh, something like Elvin, real loose, super fiery. He was like the cat uh, in Chicago for for years. Um, so he was Al was influenced by those guys too, uh, and was around those guys, you know for sure. Um, and 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 how could you not be influenced by those kind of guys? But um, so describing his drumming, you know, is he, he was fiercely creative. I mean, he uh, he was also incredible with math and, and money. He, he he was was very um, he was always asking me about my whether I invested or not. You know, it's funny because <laughs> Miles Davis is the same way, I believe, in a lot of a lot of the guys. But but he you know, he, his, his idea of approaching rhythms and all that, and, and so many bars and so many phrases, I mean, he could be mathematical too, but he didn't play like, you know, he didn't play like, uh, you know, sometimes we say, oh, that, that cat's mathematical, you know, and they were sometimes what that means is it's almost derogatory. Like it's too, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but that's not, that wasn't really the approach. It was just more of being sure that you understand that a phrase you're thinking in phrases, you know, it's a three bar phrase. It's a six bar phrase. It's a four bar phrase. It's, it's just like these, it's, it's sort of like the, how long is the phrase and how do you build those phrases like that? And so if you think that way, then no matter what, um, it fits. I mean, man, we used to listen to, I mean, he, he didn't listen to other, a lot of different types of music or whatever, but, but, but even if we were driving along, I remember one time we were in the car and I think like some Smokey Robinson came <laughs> on, you know, and, and he, he wasn't, I mean, 
he didn't disrespect it, but he wasn't, that wasn't his thing, you know, but, uh, but he used to say like, well, when you listen to this, you should still hear that cymbal beat behind it. Listen, yeah. it's still swinging, you know, like it's, <clears throat> and he had to do that with me a lot with the, the more, uh, looser, freer stuff that he played a lot with kid. It took me a while to kind of, um, to know how to hear that and shoot, man. Yeah. I was around them so much though. Uh, he and kid, especially doing duets. And we did a lot of those art music things. So having them involved and just kind of just knowing the person, you know, and then his sense of humor. Oh my God, I can't possibly uh, even go into the kind of stuff we used to joke about because I, it is not, there's no, I, man, I, I can't not right now, but that, you know, you know what I'm talking Man, he was, that's a funny dude, but he played like that. Like, I, you know, the best thing is one of the things I cherish the most, man, and I'll, I'll shut up about how, but I cherish, this is one thing I cherish the most. And this is why drums are so beautiful. And I think I said this on the first podcast, but my favorite, most, I'll go to my grave, man, smiling over this because I used to, one thing that Al always did to me was he would always play these gigs. I would always be sitting out there somewhere. And once he knew where I was, he would always play something that was like an inside joke to me. Something we've been talking about, something he was messing with, or he might play a tune on the, you know, on the toms, like a melody, like a monk thing or something. And it's like, nobody would catch it, but he would look over his glasses and look out and catch my eye and start laughing, you know? And it was always this little conversation that we'd have. And, uh, I would try to do the same thing when I had the honor of having him hear me play, you know, so. Oh, man, that's so cool, man. But that's it. Yeah. That's the language. That's the passing on of the. I mean, that's a special. <clears throat> that's very special. You know, I mean, we all have that, but we, we should probably not take that for granted so much, you know. No doubt. Yep. <clears throat> wow. Heavy day. Well. We just got to keep moving, you know, uh, the torch, <clears throat> the torch is, uh, it's a weird one to carry. It's a real weird one to carry, man, but I'm going to do the best job I can to kind of keep that going with his name for sure. But, uh, in respect to his family and, and, and all of that and everyone who knew him, but, um, you know, man, uh, we just, I, I think, I think all the stuff we've talked about in this whole podcast, um, from day one, not, not stemming from him necessarily, but a lot of these ideas are, are definitely ones that I know that, that, uh, were rooted from guys like that who mm -hmm. just have that knowledge, man. And so For we, sure. it's, uh, this is what we're doing. It's passing this on. Even if it's people sitting through <clears throat> two hours of talking, uh, that's our set break, man. That's our hang. And if you play whatever music, you know, that the, uh, the best shit happens, uh, and, you know, on the set break, man, backstage talking. So <laughs> so true, man. That's right. But dog is looking at me, man. He's giving me that look. He's like, man, y'all been on y'all y'all been on the horn for two hours, man, and I got to go to the bathroom. You better take <laughs> me out for a walk right now. We're on Barksdale time, man. We're on Barksdale time. Yeah, always, Barksdale. always. <laughs> well. I'm not I'm not going to say the G word. 
Yeah, don't say the G word because it'll first of all it'll start everything over again with us, and secondly, it's going to make him mad, man. And then he's just going to yeah. pee on you, and it's going to be over. <laughs> hey, man, um, uh, we'll pick it up always next time. I it, we're starting a, a a new spring semester here where I teach. It's going to be kind of heavy loaded, but I, I I think we can keep this going, and and we'll we'll keep giving props, man, because there's so many great. Um, you know, we don't get paid to talk about these companies and stuff, but man, it sure is nice to have nice things when we can get them and, and support good, good folks, good stuff. And guys, hey, wait, wait. what? S- somebody send me some free stuff. I, <laughs> I, I didn't give him free stuff, man. What are you talking yeah, about? Uh, somebody send, send me some stuff. Send, hey y'all send Robert something, man. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> a, a sock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Gretch, send me send me some Gretch socks. Gretch socks. Yeah. yeah. Can y'all hook that up, Gretch? How about it? How about it? Some Gretch socks for, for Robert. All right. I'll take that. Yeah, man. Well, some slippers. Some Gretch slippers. <laughs> Gretch slippers. Oh, man. Can you that's imagine? A, that, that sounds elegant as fuck, actually. <laughs> Some Gretsch slippers, man. Can you imagine? I can't. Good. Actually, I can. Doesn't it doesn't take too much effort. No, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> See that logo right on the top, embroidered right on the top. I was going to send you some stuff, Robert, but it's not kind of not the same. <laughs> Whatever, man. Robert's got the Elvin Jones sticks, man. I ain't crying. Hey, yeah. man. Those those sticks, man. You gotta. Those things are crazy, man. They are. Well, first, first I gotta, I gotta get the, 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 the gumption to go up there and fucking play. And if I can get past that, then I can use the sticks. All right. So this is it. I'm gonna tell you. All you gotta do is just go up there, do your thing. You're gonna put it on Instagram. It's gonna be great, whether you care about it or not. And after that, after about three of them. The gumption is going to start firing back up. You'll mm-hmm. be using those sticks. You'll be beating on all kind of stuff that we, you just probably don't want you to beat on, but you'll be doing it with the Elvin sticks. I, yeah, I, I did the same thing, man. And 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 uh, what's keeping me going is like people like my student, who's putting up these videos like almost daily, man. Yeah, put, man. Yes, puts a video up. And he's like working on some shit that I showed him. And sometimes it's not correct, mm-hmm. you know, and he knows it, you know, but he is, you know, what I like to call embracing the suck. And uh, he's embracing it, man. So each, each level of where, you, where you're at, man, uh, is a... It's, it's something to to hold on to and look forward to. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because the next, I, the next I, one's I even better. At, yeah. I, man, I was sitting at the kit yesterday, and uh, it, it just came to me. I wanted to try and figure out how to play this pattern, and I could not do it. There was no way I could freaking do it. And I, I sat here for an hour trying to figure this shit out. And <clears throat> I sort of could figure kind of play it after about you know 30 40 minutes but then you know an hour went by and i still didn't really have it so i was like oh man this is you know i gotta work on this and uh 
it's just really cool, man. So, you know, embrace the suck. Embrace it. Well, hey, I've man. Embraced, I've embraced that on my life, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, you're embracing the suck can happen uh, every every day going to work. You know, like it's. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's my a, God, yes. Right. I hate to bring that up, but. But, but I feel you, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's great though. It's great that we, we got something that could kind of keep the lights on, but it's, it's real hard to have the energy a lot of times to come, come back to deal. But man, you know, again, it's like, there's a fun, you know, especially with that approach you're talking about, maybe it's just more about pulling sounds out of the most craziest places. I mean, man, sometimes it's just, there's this kind of fun, like on lunch break, just I'm gonna pull my phone out and just play on the side of this post or something, and it's like, man, it's something really great because it just was rocking with the that truck that just went by, and you throw that up, and people are like, my God, that's awesome, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or it's not. Who cares? Who cares? Like it's it's a sketch, man. Like it's just just make it a marker of being alive for a minute, and and that's motivation right there. Hell yeah. That, that's actually super fucking inspirational. I think I uh, like, I'm totally going to do that. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I love you cats. Likewise, man. Thank you. all Yeah, dudes. We got two hours. We'll wrap it and, and, uh, we'll split it into two probably. So our, our favorite listeners can digest a little <laughs> bit. So it'd probably be part one and part two of this one, but that's okay. That's all right. Part, that's what we got to do. That's perfect. Yeah, part, part one and part two. That's amazing. Yep. Do it. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next time. And, uh, man, there'll be a whole another set of stories. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Oh, <yeah. laughs> Plus some weird Robert sounds. <laughs> which is <laughs> You're on, we, brother. You're on. We got to have them, man. We got to have them. All right, all right. <laughs> you asked for it. Hey, right. uh uh chad you go easy into the spring semester dude yeah go man. easy yeah 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 i'm i'm working on it i'm working on it man thank you easy thank you uh peace yeah peace yeah, brothers right. love y'all take care dudes all right bye 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 hey y'all behalf of George, Robert, and myself. We thank y'all for hanging out with us. Be sure to go check out our website and our blog at thesetbreak.com.